Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. Now today is a very special episode. I am going to be looking back at my talk with Jeanette Seha, Danny Guerrero and Karen Cool, and it's in association with Travel Unity. I did a talk with them back in October last year about Hispanic Month and why it was important to have Hispanic voices within the travel industry. So let's not waste any more time and let's get to it right now. Great to have Jeanette, Karen and Danny with us. So how are you guys? Great. Doing well, thank you. Good to see you all. We'll start off with the first question in terms of what does Hispanic Month mean to you guys? So, Karen, I'll start with you. What does it mean to you? The Heritage Months spread around the year in the United States are an opportunity to elevate the message and to recognize the, the importance of the different heritage being uh, impact in the United States. Uh, uh, I think each Heritage Month says it should be 360 days, as Hispanics say, because it's not, you know, we don't celebrate our culture only there in that one month. But it is a way to focus the message and to get different organizations to stop, pause, and acknowledge the culture and the the impact that it has had on our communities. So it, it is important to have the, the designated months to, to do that, but it is also important to make ways to continue throughout the rest of the year, not just for the one month. And Danny, what about for yourself? Absolutely what Karen said. I, it's an it's a opportunity for us to really focus in and illuminate the contributions of, in this case, Hispanics, to the fabric of U.S. culture, which is obviously a very multicultural country. Um, I think at times there are so many different um, innovations. There are so many different uh, contributions to culture, whether it's literature, art, uh, social justice, government that I think go unnoticed and underappreciated. And it's a, it's a great month to spot, spotlight those things. You know, we are also a country that, uh, you know, goes goes largely by what the market power the market spend is and this i think this year uh compared to most i've seen so much work uh organizations like hispanic star for example who have aggregated the power of the the latino the hispanic spend and what that means to corporations who are looking to um you know uh who, who we're looking to should, should i say to better represent the needs and interests of who we are and our culture our language our diversity and we're not a monolithic group, you know. Um, I am. I live in Los Angeles. My parents are of Mexican descent. I know Karen said she lived in Nicaragua, probably of different descent. Um, and there's all kinds of Hispanics in the country who share different nationalities. But we all have a very and the research that my company has done. There's such a close connection to culture and pride. And so Hispanic Heritage Month allows us to celebrate that outwardly, but increasingly, it's really an advocacy call to, as Karen said, you know, make sure that we're being 
noticed, appreciated, and represented year-round. And Jeanette, if you so. Yeah, I definitely am in alignment with Danny and Karen. And individually, they're both doing phenomenal work. Um, I admire and respect them very much. So I'm really grateful to be on this uh, panel discussion with them. And thank you, Shebs, for you know doing an amazing host that you are. Um, it is interesting because for me, it's something that I've always felt as a young girl, um, just really not seeing the the representation in a lot of areas, not just travel and media, but many different areas. But, you know, for me, it was kind of like, I, I knew that there needed to be a change and I didn't know how. And sometimes as individuals, we can do so much, but collectively we can do even more. So it's great that we come together. We bring our, you know, talents and, and contributions and we see the bigger picture. Okay. This is a movement. It's not a trend. You know, the Latinos and Hispanics, for example, in travel, they've been doing things. They are doing things. And the youth and the younger generations will continue to do amazing things. Um, we just need to pave more ways and show them that we're here and we're happy, to, you know, to be a resource. I have a couple mentees. I've had some amazing mentors. So for me, it's way bigger than myself. And I agree with, um, with Danny and Karen that... Hispanic Heritage Month in the States, um, it, it, it's, it's more than just one month. I, I think a couple of years ago, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do as much as I can in one month. And now it's, a, you know, now it's like, you know what, we deserve to be celebrated and recognized and valued every day of all year. Um, so I'm actually glad that you, that we're doing this today um, because we're going to continue these conversations and these important uh, topics year round. So it's a, it's a great time and it's a good time for the whole world to know outside of the U.S. Um, about the importance of Hispanic and Latinos. The month itself, as you said, you want to celebrate it outside, continue your presence. I guess the month from 15th of September to October 15th, is highlighted obviously because it's great work that you guys have been doing throughout the year. I want to ask you, because this is something that I have noticed over time with, I guess, because you mentioned it, Karen, it, you don't want it to be seen as, as a movement. So how do you stay present in people's minds when it comes to opportunities, I guess? So Karen, if you answer that question first. Well, I'll answer it from the pers from the professional perspective. I, I represent a county in the Finger Lakes region of New York State. So we are destination marketing office. So we have integrated a lot of messaging for both the for the Hispanic market. And we try to do it year round. It's not something that we are only highlighting and only elevating that message during the Hispanic um Heritage Month, uh, we do extra spotlights during that month, you know, uh, Hispanic restaurants and businesses, they get an extra spotlight during that month in recognition of, of, of that celebration. But we have made a significant impact to make sure that the messaging goes on year round. And we do, you know, photo shoots with some of our uh, Latin residents, and we do outreach for the markets that work specifically for them that they're looking for, like a lot of the research that uh, Danny uh, reported on. 
uh, you know, we, we cater towards families and fishing is a great outlet for the product that we have. So that's one of the efforts that we try to make sure it is a year-round effort, not something that we're only going to do for that month. And Jeanette? I, I do it every day. I mean, I see myself... Um, just like I said, from my own experience, my own perspective, but um, as a woman, as a Latina, but I see myself much more than that. I mean, um, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I want to do so much more for, uh, you know, on other communities as well. And I just want to learn from other communities as much as I want them to learn from me and from from others. I think it's a collective um, experience that we can all learn from each other because I don't know everything about everyone um, and I'm here to learn. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about travel because it's like an open live book where we can learn from each other. And a lot of the stereotypes and outdated beliefs that still exist are because of something someone may have heard or seen, but they haven't had the, the, you know, the time or experience to go see it for themselves. So that's why I think travel is such an important component of growth, of, of understanding each other, that we are more similar than we are, you know, different. And uh, just to celebrate, you know, the diversity that we each have. And Danny, do you have any thoughts? These are all important initiatives going down from the level of the destinations of the work Karen is doing to the level of advocacy Jeanette's doing from a media standpoint. Um, with me personally and the work that our organization is doing, so I'm MGY Global is one of the leading integrated marketing firms for travel um, with offices throughout North America and Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, in 2018, we decided that we were going to start be better about uplifting underrepresented traveler voices by focusing on research studies that weren't yet available on travelers of diverse backgrounds. And the first study we released was on a black traveler uh, early in uh, late, starting 2020, early this year, two-phase report. It talks about the power of the black traveler, the spend, the reach, but also some really concerning insights regarding feeling unsafe, not feeling represented. Uh, our latest project, Vistas Latinas, which means Latin viewpoints, um, is doing the same for Hispanic community and mostly for us, for the travel industry, for hospitality companies, destinations, individuals who don't understand um, enough about the Hispanic traveler, the, the, the power, the hundred and almost $114 billion that they spend on travel domestically here in the U.S. and much more internationally. And so the, the work is all around illuminating how sentiment is with these groups, how as consumers, we're ready to spend, we're ready to travel, but perhaps we're not getting the messages or feeling safe or welcomed in the executions that a lot of these travel brands are doing. So from my perspective, that's not a, you cannot do that in one month, right? So these studies have long, uh, long shelf life um, and have a lot of utility to prominent brands who have sponsored the study. Hilton, TripAdvisor, um, prominent destinations like Discover Puerto Rico, NYC and Company, and others. And we hope to do the same globally. We have an MMGY Travel Intelligence Europe division as well, where we launched the Black Traveler Study in the UK and Europe. Because in the UK, we saw a lot of the same concerns from Black travelers. So Holistically, this is about Hispanics, but it's really about underrepresented travelers. And I think in aggregate, being more equitable about how the travel industry caters to everybody. 
want to take it back and ask you about your journey. I think it's important for people to realize how you got to the stage. What was your journey like when you first broke in to the travel sector and any challenges that you, I'm sure those challenges, but what, what were the challenges that you faced? I'll start with you, Jeanette, first. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I guess broken the industry, I guess it, it goes back to my childhood, um, being about eight or nine years old, watching uh, both English and Spanish channels, um, living in a household where both languages, Spanish and English, were spoken, and then going to school, uh, immersing in only English classes. So it was, it was interesting growing up in that dual world of English and Spanish and my Mexican-American um, culture. And so I realized, even when I was watching the Spanish shows, like on Univision, I think Sofia Vergara, a lot of people forget, she had a travel show on Univision, I believe, with some other guy. Nobody was looking at him because Sofia Vergara is just so bomb, gorgeous, you know what I mean? And so I would look at her like, wow, she's showing me the world. But she was in a bikini. She was like this. So even as a young girl, I was like, hmm, but I don't look like that. Then I would change the channel to like the travel channel and I'd see Samantha Brown, Anthony Bourdain, Rick Steves. And I love Samantha Brown because she was a little more relatable in the sense where, you know, I didn't have, I don't know, she, she seemed like somebody I, I could like be friends with and my next door. Um, so I really looked up to her as a young girl from a woman's perspective, like, oh, there's a woman out there showing me the world. Um, but I didn't see any other like Latinos or Latinas doing it in that space. So I knew what I wanted to do. And I looked at my mother several times. I'd be like, mom, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that. And she'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever you want, sweetie. You, can, you know what I mean? Like really endearing. But in my heart of all hearts, I knew I was going to do this since a young girl. Um, I remember Je Jennifer Lopez was on the cover of Cosmo Girl. I was about 13, 14 years old. I hand wrote a note to the editor, mailed it to the PO box. And I just thanked them for putting Jennifer Lopez without any kind of expectation. I just wanted to thank them. That's how much it meant to me to see representation. And then months later, one of my best friends um, told me, she said, like, did you write to Cosmo Girl? And I was like, yeah, why? She goes, oh, because they published it in the little editor section. And you're the only Jeanette Seha I know who's 14 years old who lives in Franklin, Tennessee. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so from a very young age, I knew my voice mattered. And I knew that, you know, it, it can make a difference. Um, and so later I pursued a degree in broadcast journalism. I went to UCLA for the professional producing uh, TV and film uh, program with the intention to host and produce a show one day. I wanted to understand all aspects of it. And again, this is pre-social media, pre-all that. So whenever someone's like, are you an influencer? No offense, but no, like that is not my goal in life. I really, really want to do something that makes an impact, leaves a, a really long-term legacy that future generations, for me, it's all about the the present and the future generations. I have three young nieces. I want them to know that they can do whatever they want in whatever industry. Also for the young boys out there, I love to see that other men are paving ways. For example, Danny, who's paving many ways and being a great voice um, and Karen as a woman as well. So like I said, individually, we're doing so much, but collectively we can do even more. And Danny, what about yourself then? The challenges you faced, how did you break into the industry yourself? But my my you know my story is kind of full circle in the advocacy that I'm trying to do. I'm also trying to become a mentor for younger 
people of color, not only Latinos, you know, and I've seen the power of having a voice and being on stage. I remember being in Cancun accepting an award and stepping down and um, this young woman comes up to me. I think she was from Venezuela who was interning at the resort where we were staying. And she said to me, she said, it's amazing to see somebody who looks like me on that stage accepting an award of that caliber. And I really, I really would love to go to the U.S. and build a career the way you have. And it was, it gives me chills now because I was not expecting that. And so what I mean by full circle is I started um, this industry uh, doing an internship program. An organization called Inroads came to my high school and said, we're looking for talented minority youth um, to, who are interested in business to come into this program where we'll place them in the internship for the four summers during their college career and help them build a professional career. Um, I had the time was the first of my family to go to a university um, and get a, you know, a, a bachelor's degree, should I say in business. And um, the, the internship was in the tourism organization. It was at San Diego tourism authority where I had a chance to learn about meetings and conventions and large hotel blocks and, you know, the mechanics of tourism and destination marketing. And um I launched my career. You know, when I graduated college, I had the equivalent of a year of experience. I had mentors who were looking after me. Nobody of color that I can remember. Uh, a couple people uh, who helped me, but really, you know, color to me at that point was not really something that I concerned myself or looking at myself at disadvantage because I was so enriched with this experience and my career grew. Did I face discrimination at times? Did I, was I often confused for the valet? drive park guy at conferences you know when i'm there to speak or show up for a business meeting yes people give me their dishes sometimes or ask me to get their cars yes that happened a lot you know and so did i feel great about it no but i understood when i looked around me that there were not many people that looked like me and still to this day uh, i grew my career in travel and about four or five years ago i realized that i actually was having a voice of my own and what was i going to do with that voice right keep my head down and do my work or use it as a platform to advocate for, I think the change and the progress that needs to be made. So I focus on that. I focus on the positive. There's people who have it much worse than I do. And when you look at the, the, the pandemic effects on black and brown and underrepresented communities and women in the workforce, when you look at people who have lost their livelihoods, um, my whole point is you have to create um, role models like Jeanette, like Karen, you know, to go out there and show young people that anything is possible. And so um, I really credit this industry and tourism for giving me the platform and the opportunity even to this day. I, I don't have a chip on my shoulder about those things. Certainly, I don't have it as bad as many people who have been through much more. Karen, what about your journey? Tell us a little bit about yours. Well, let me start with, I, I'm always so inspired. I've met Jeanette several times and her story always inspires me. And Danny, it's, it's really, it's, it, it, it adds a lot of pride to me to hear both of your, your, your journeys. I, I, I was I'm Nicaraguan born. I was Nicaraguan until I was five, uh, eight years old. My parents at the time had, they still have a uh, eco lodge resort. So my love for travel started watching my parents communicate with the visitors and seeing how travel can transform people, automatically give this peace and relaxation. And they allow themselves to leave the burdens of their lives behind them for a little bit and just enjoy the family and the environment. 
That's when I fell in love with travel and I knew I'd be in the travel industry. Uh, we immigrated to the U.S. when I was eight. And from then until I was much more mature, I disassociated with being Latin. It was hard. I, you know, me and my family encountered a lot of discrimination and, you know, uh, troubled times. So I grew up and I left my Spanish behind. I said, I don't want to be in this position. It was it was hard times. But it took a lot of maturity to realize that this is something that I am proud of. It is a, a path that, that belongs to me and it is my culture. And once I made that switch, I'm always constantly looking for an opportunity to, as Jeanette and Danny both said, to uplift other individuals. I, I look out, especially for the younger community who might be feeling that, so that I hopefully could give them a little step forward. I am now. Uh, located in the tourism industry in central New York in the county of uh, Cayuga County, uh, where we're the home of Harriet Tubman, which is a powerful Black woman who left a legacy of fighting for equality. So I am extremely proud to be here because I am able to continue this. And uh, we actually are a very data-based organization. We purchased the Black Traveler Research, the MMY did, and it's been a wonderful resource. I mean, it brought a lot of great information in order for us to focus, and it elevates all culture. It elevates all uh, communities that we need to reach out to, and so we're through that messaging. And I'm extremely proud to be where I am because it's not an easy road to follow to elevate this message, but I work for a board that is very supportive. And to me, that means a lot because it's not just my company and I decided to go on this route. I have the full support of a board that says, yes, this is a path we want to follow. So it, it, it's a continuous challenge because you want to keep travel happy and the message is always happy. It's always uplifting, but it is for everybody. So that's my life. All, all three of you inspiring stories. And it's great to hear that there's people out there that if you've got a dream in life, you should definitely go for it. And something that Jeanette said earlier that and I, I, I've written it down here, identifying some someone on TV or someone that you mm. can relate to. I can definitely, well, I can, when I was growing up, I'm from a South Asian background and there was not one single representation within the travel sector, still isn't actually, from my sort of heritage, which is Bangladesh. There's, there's not one, I can't think of any. And I totally get what you're saying that if you don't, if you see it, you think, oh, maybe I can be like that person. And I think it's really important. So it comes to my question about community. So when you go into communities and when you speak to these, speak to people, what what's what's it like? What what do they struggle with? How can you support the community? I think it's all about growing a community. So what's it? like for you guys when you go in so i'll start with karen with this one first in the community that i'm at right now the the hispanic population is not that great so i do it's almost like you need to seek it out to support it and it is a representation it is supporting them not only in their voice but in their business and getting some more messaging so that more people can be aware of the businesses there and get more movement because the more it, it is acknowledged then more people will be willing to go into the business because they know they know it's available. 
possible. I, my daughter, uh, she is a big advocate. So I'd love to see, to hand that down to the next generation. And I see her seeking out friendships that she can associate as being a proud Latin woman herself. So it's, it's having open eyes and looking for different individuals and trying to elevate that, that message. As I mentioned, through our various marketing campaigns, we try to get local Latin families to participate with us, to do photo shoots, and to tell their story and to take their message to their hometowns, you know, to their relatives where they are. One of them has a lot of family over in the Bronx, so we can bring them up here and, and grow the community as, as it is and give them more opportunities to go into business so we can have more of them to highlight. Jeanette, when you, I know, uh- I've known you for over a year now, potentially 18 months. Yeah. We spoke, we've spoken about you speaking in schools, talking to the yeah. kids and stuff. Yeah. What, what do they tell you when it comes to, I guess, struggles or potentially having a low, low self-esteem of themselves? You know, I think it's important. Like one thing I, Okay. I used to do red carpets in Los Angeles too. When I was doing producing school, I worked in sports, et cetera, but I always had the travel. I never let go of the big travel dream. Um, for me in high school and in college, I had people who saw my heart and my purpose and they already knew, but, and I knew what my purpose, my heart was, but I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's a common, um, thing that a lot of people experience, especially the youth, maybe it's, you, you got to develop that self-belief and self-love and se- the mindset, you know, what are your beliefs, what are your beliefs about yourself? Do you think you can, you know? Um, so the common thing that a lot of successful people, my mentors, they always say they believed in themselves and that takes consistent work. It's like planting the seed, nurturing their environment, watering it on a daily basis. We are like the same thing. And um, now where I am at 35 years old, my mindset, my self-love, my self-belief in myself is so like through the roof, but that's because I had to really, really dig deep, do shadow work, look at my own limited beliefs. Why was I playing small for so long? Why was I afraid to be seen? Why was I afraid to be heard? Why was I afraid of all this stuff? And for me and my personal experience, it was fear of success. I had failed many times, but I believed in my purpose. So I kept going. But when I was successful and when I was being seen and heard, I felt uncomfortable. Why? Because I didn't feel worthy. So it's like really, really deep. Um, but I think that a lot of people can relate in different ways. So I think no matter what industry, no matter what you want to do, whether you see someone doing it or not, it comes down to the relationship with yourself and you have to believe in yourself. And that is something that I, I can say that um, is my best advice is believe, like working on yourself, believing in yourself, loving yourself, knowing that you are important and that your voice is enough. I know it sounds very cliche, but nobody knows you better than yourself, right? So, you know, working on yourself. And this is what I tell a lot of the students and mentees is that they can do it, you know, just have, they have to know what they want. They have to be very clear, consistent, you know, put in the hard work. Yes. Skill set, but also mindset work, right? What, what is it that they believe and who do you hang out with? What are you watching on TV? What podcasts are you listening to? Who are the friends you're surrounding yourself with? What events are you going to summit? 
Is it uplifting you? Are you around people who are balcony people who want you to, you know, strive higher? Are you around with basement people who want you to play small and who make you, you know, I don't know, not believe in yourself. So it's all, it's all important. And that's what I tell them. And the reason why I'm here today too, is because there's so many people who believed in me, even when I'm in my, um, and I think that's what it's important, especially as leaders, as thought leaders, like Karen and Danny and myself, and as, you know, future mentors possibly is, um, to really see the, see people and, and, you know, and, you know, inspire them, empower them and show them that they can. Right. Danny, for yourself, what's the message that you get when you speak to communities? Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I, I have a large extended family here in Southern California where I, where I still live. And a lot of my cousins and a lot of people who are close to me, you know, still have very much um, are in situations that are not, you know, um, ideal or could be construed as, you know, people looking, still looking to make a living and get ahead. Right. So, so my influence is very immediate with my own family who I was lucky enough to have mentorship and a support system around me. And that's what I feel like they see um, in the efforts that I represent. Um, and even the travels that I've, that I've made in my career, um, when people see that I was in, you know, Papua New Guinea or, you know, in the desert of Chile or wherever it is, it's like, whoa, you can actually, that's possible. Like I could do that. And that was the first experience I ever had with being some, somebody who uh, my family looked up to was just saying like, wow, how do you do that? Like, how is that possible? Like, I'm afraid to leave the house or I'm afraid to leave my area. Or I wouldn't even know where to start to get to, to South America or to Europe or wherever it is. And I think that from a travel perspective, I've heard a lot of podcasts and I've been before the launch of our Vistas Latinas uh, research, I was trying to get a lot of insights from other Latinos and Hispanics on what the barriers were with with, with Latins traveling, right? So why why do we stay to the regions that we're used to or why aren't we going to far-flung destinations? Some of us are. I mean, Jeanette's all over the world. I, I like to travel as well. But for the most part, Hispanics, some Hispanics still feel like that's not possible for them, right? And so part of the research was trying to figure out why is that the case, right? So a lot of like not knowing about how to use online travel agencies or how to book online directly or how the connections work, this fear of the unknown. And so when I go to community now, I'm loving that all these groups are popping up. Um, the, the Latinx Travel Club and there's uh, Latino travelers uh, on Instagram. And I was just seeing a post yesterday about some of the discrimination. And so for me, community is making sure that we're touching all facets, that the people who as Jeanette said, um, are just looking to get ahead in life and figure out their path of empowerment as a, as a working professional, regardless of travel to people in travel who are saying, you know what, you know, why aren't we out there more? Why aren't we being represented in, in campaigns and in travel brand efforts and advocates? And so I'm loving the engagement on all levels. I'm loving engaging with people who are Hispanic themselves in travel brands and marketing who are saying, you know what, there's something to be said there. The fact that in, for example, in this country, and I've been very vocal on LinkedIn, you know, we have 62 million Hispanics in the country, but the number of executives in the destination marketing industry who, who claim to represent the interests of local communities 
you can count on one hand how many actual C-suite leaders um, in these major destinations exist of Hispanic descent. So community is starting to uh, connect the dots for people and say, look, I could, if I knew there was somebody like me here, I probably could have a role model, a mentor, a path to this journey for myself for a better, for a better future for my family. So um, yeah, it works in many different ways, but I feel like the work that we're doing collectively, um, many people, especially people who aren't on this, on this, on this podcast today, um, I think it's going to move the needle. I really do. In terms of improvements, what can be done to improve the way things, I guess, from what you see right now, what could be done to make it better for the next generation? I will start with, start with you, Danny. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, for me, it's um, getting underrepresented travelers to just be travelers who matter to travel brands, getting insights and research out, which we're doing now. And it takes a lot more than just one company doing it. You know, I want all my competitors to be doing this. Don't tell my boss I said that. I want there to be more, more research on the different facets. We cannot, and Jeanette knows this because Jeanette's a key part of this research study and travel unity, the organization she's with. We cannot get to every possible issue or data set or consideration. Researching during a pandemic also was unfair, right? To our market. Why? Well, we know that the pandemic disproportionately affected black and brown communities. We know that when we look at the, the top concerns for Hispanic travelers, it was around COVID safety, right? Losing their job because of COVID or not being able to afford travel. So while this research is great, I'm a little uh, you know, frustrated that this couldn't be a normal travel year to really show and, and bring up the challenges and the true opportunity in the market size of Latinos. So research is important. Application of the research. I have a lot of people who buy the research because they think it's the right thing to do and then you never see any action from it, right? So how are you actually shifting your strategies? Or they'll say, well, they're not traveling. Look, it's not an opportunity market for us. We only have so many dollars. That's a total cop-out, right? Because why are they not traveling? Because they're not seeing themselves. It's a vicious cycle of you're not prioritizing this market, so you're not ever going to connect with the traveler and they're never going to come to you. You keep that vicious cycle going. We're not going to get anywhere. So marketers and, and, and travel brands need to do better about applying and using the multiple channels at their disposal, not just paid advertising, but everything, right? Influencer content, public relations to really, to really start reflecting the diversity. And then, as I mentioned previously, getting more leadership, having boards, and C-suite positions meet, reflect the diversity of this country, including Hispanics at the top levels who have the experiences we have to say, this is my journey, or have we considered this perspective? You need to dive more women, more people of color, more Hispanics. And so I think those three things need to work in concert consistently. Um, I'm sure my, my co-panelists have other, other thoughts. Well, Jeanette, what about yourself? What, what's your thoughts? Well, here's the thing. I agree with Danny. Um, and like I said, he's doing amazing work and, um, I'm so happy and proud to know him and to see him, you know, just pave more ways, um, for future generations. Uh, for me, I don't think we have to prove ourselves because I think we are already worthy. We have so much value and talent. 
I think it's just the awareness of what's already out there. For example, this year, yes, we have been in pandemic. Um, but recently, a lot of Latinas and Hispanics have been doing their own events, like the Latin Travel Club. I was just in Miami, and I moderated two of their panels. They had tech, media, um, travel, and startup investing. And it was phenomenal, like the speakers and the attendees from all multi, you know, multiple ages and diversity, Latinos and not Latinos, just everybody. It was amazing. And I learned a lot from them as well. Also, this year uh, was the first Latinas in Aviation Global Festival, which was an event that the founder of Latinas in Aviation, she's a pilot. She's written 26 books. Um, she's an entrepreneur. Her name is Jacqueline. She did it herself. She partnered with a museum, aviation museum, who he's also Latino. And they're like, let's do our, let's do an event. Let's celebrate the women and Latinas who are pilots, who work for the FAA, who, you know, are engineers. And it was a phenomenal event. That was another one. Um, the study by MMGY Global, that was like the first of its kind. Amazing. So I think that we and and anything that i can do uh, as myself you know i do as well covering events just to bring more awareness to the public that there are amazing latinos and hispanics doing things we are worthy we are contributing we like to travel we are in phenomenal you know career positions like these women pilots are from commercial airlines to private uh, jets to air traffic controllers, you know, amazing. Um, it's just for me, my job is just wanting to bring awareness and to share and be a bridge between them and the public. And for yourself, Karen? I'll answer that in one word, persistence. I think there's a lot of really good initiatives already out there. But just like the one in my organization, if we do this great, wonderful campaign and we target, you know, to the Latino market and we craft it beautifully, but that's the only thing we do, it's not going to move the needle. So it's persistence. It's ensuring that a lot of the initiatives that are out there continue going. And that, that doesn't, we're not going to accomplish much if we just, do a blip in the mat. And it's hard because you're not going to succeed from one. So you feel like it wasn't a good thing to do. And, you know, so to move forward, it, to continue advocating and fighting, to continue doing those events and that uh, exposure of those businesses, it's, it, it, it requires that persistence that you need to keep going. And like um, Danny said, applying the research, just having it, it's not, it's not really that important to seeing it and Digging into it to find the alignment between what you are doing and how it applies to your particular um, well-being organization, you know, whatever it is, and, and moving it forward. And I do agree that we need more of this. You know, we need more research, not only from major research organizations, but from the businesses themselves, because you need to understand how your customers are reacting to what you're sending out there and how you can continue. Uh, pro progressing forward in those initiatives. Um, and as has been said a couple of times, it's not just about the, the Hispanic market. It's about, about underrepresented communities and the diversity and how the diversity of all of our voices being elevated makes that difference and it supports and it elevates all of us at the same time. 
So, the, which kind of loops back to your initial question about the, the the cultural months that are represented in the U.S. throughout the year. It's a great way to you know do a little bleep, but you have to continue the 360 days of the year with the message. So it's the same answer for moving the needle forward. Is that persistence from year to year um, with the same messaging since 1988? How much progress have you seen? since then and one question i want to ask you is you, you do you guys see yourselves as role, role models then and see yourselves as someone that people can look up to or do you not do you not see that at all so i'll start with you jeanette oh wow what a great question um you know did you say what year did you say 1988, uh, 1988 or 19 yeah 1988 oh i i was just two years old <laughs> Um, but I will say, you know, ever since I was a baby, I've been going back and forth to Mexico city. So I've had a passport since I was one, basically. So I've been traveling, you know, since I was a young girl going back and forth to visit relatives in Mexico. Um, I don't know. I see, I see a lot of progress in the past couple of years, um, as far as the diversity, inclusion, equity movement. I will say I met Ronnie back in 2016. 17, 2018 in New York. And I've been, you know, I, I, knew, I heard what he was talking about travel unity. I was like, Oh, I want to be a part of this. I, I saw his heart and I saw his purpose. And I was like, I want to help you in whatever way I can. And so I got involved. And with Ronnie, I've always told him, Hey, let's include the Latino Hispanics. Hey, so he's always been absolutely, you know, so he, you know, he did one at New York travel festival. We did some in New York. Uh, travel summit a year or two ago. Um, so I really like what he's been doing, for example, travel unity. I think what uh, across the board, I'm seeing so much more progress in the past year or two with, you know, this diversity, inclusion, and equity movement. I think it's much more, it's much more proactive now. Um, and I think that a lot of people are realizing this is not a trend. This is here to stay. Um, everything from you know, advocating and being more inclusive to, yes, to Hispanic Latinos, to other underrepresented communities as well. Um, also to travelers with disabilities, with physical disabilities, um, LGBTQT travelers. I mean, just everyone making sure that everyone in whatever form that we can do what we can to make them feel included heard, appreciated. And for me, like I said before, it's about learning from each other because I don't know everything about everyone and I'm here to learn. I'm a student and I think that's the progress I'm seeing um, across the board. So I'm also an optimist and I was an actual cheerleader in high school. So you'll always, I will always find the silver lining um, as annoying as that may be. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I just think of, of things in the, in the optimistic way. Karen, what's your thoughts? I would I would wholeheartedly agree with Jeanette. Uh, yeah, but but I was graduating high school, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen change, but I think a lot of it is also my point of view and where I am in my life, how I interpret the things going on around me. Because I see a lot more movements. I see lots of more opportunities for your voice to be heard than I ever felt I had before. So yes, I think there has been a lot of progress. And there, 
there is more to come because the wave has just been been going and there has been sometimes the progress is very little at a time but so long as you get one little step ahead even if you get knocked back every now and then but i think we're we're seeing more of it so i i am very hopeful that the movements hopefully will be bigger steps forward than they were and as far as your question of whether i see myself as a role model that that is hard because it, it, I, I don't until every now and then I see it in the eyes of some of the people that I speak to. I don't until sometimes I'm giving a presentation, a, full, a room full of, you know, well-to-do white men. And then somebody says, where's your accent from? I'm so glad to have somebody different in the room. So that kind of lights my head. It's like, Wow. You know, th- th- somebody noticed and somebody cared and it was important to somebody. So it, so that's when I sometimes I say, yeah, the position that I am and where I'm standing makes a difference. And if making a difference makes you a role model, then in that little way, I, I, I guess we all should be. And Danny? I, you know, so I'll tell you this. So uh, growing up in Southern California, um, in San Diego, um, to me, you know, I'm not in, 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 you know, in New York state, uh, you know, upstate New York or other places. There are a lot of Latinos here, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of people. Um, I am from San Diego coming to LA was always different. You know, in San Diego, I felt like the, the, the workforce in LA was just different to me. And I've always been surrounded by lots of culture. My mom was a Chicana activist in San Diego in the seventies. She has a mural in Chicano park. Um, mm-hmm. I, she, she, she spoke about, you know, in, in their early years about equity in education and access to education and a better future. And the fact that schools back then were being looked at at prisons. So you have to say there has been absolute progress from the eighties, I would say to now in terms of representation and empowerment of individuals. The fact that, you know, we can have voices and be heard. I have also been traveling around the country since the pandemic has started to abate and have for the first time been in front of groups of all white audiences or mostly white audience or half black audiences. And, 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 and they react to me. And it's great to see that I'm, I'm just a professional with a point of view who they respect and sometimes leaving my bubble of Southern California, I feel like, oh, is this going to land well, right? Is this, am I going to connect? Am I different than, than other people? And, and no. So I feel like there has been progress. Do I feel like there's equity yet? No. For every facet of our industry, you look at being in LA, um, a lot of entertainment here, you know, there's still, you look at representation in film and media um, in the travel industry, I, I, I'll say it again in, in C-suite. Um, but that's just my perspective, right? So I think there's more progress to make. Um, but I'm happy that there is at least that month where people feel like we can really be <laughs> activists and advocates and say what we want to say and not just having come out of left field. Um, mentor. I grew up in a heavily mentored situation and I always had this idea of of paying it forward and and giving back to me. I was never, there's been so many people in my life who have helped me to get to where I am and I would not be here without them. So to me, it was not a matter of, um, it's not a matter of ego or let's say feeling like I have something better than the next person to say. It's a matter of responsibility. 
And um, and I get reminded of this when I when it's stories about the young lady in Mexico and other people who are not a Latino who come up to me and say, wow, I really appreciate what you're doing. Lately, most of my talks have been on a black traveler study. And most of the people who have come up to me have been black women, black men, young black professionals who say, I'm working with my board of directors. You know, I really think this is important, but there's politically it's sensitive because of, you know, we have you know, civil, civil, civil war heritage here. And they might be, you know, and, and there's this whole political thing that I won't get into, but you know, they, they look to me for advice and, and, and I love it, you know, and I love that, that um, I can be there for that person. Um, it's a one-to-one -one thing. It's not a matter of being this industry figure or whatever. It's about these one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, so I, I, I do enjoy the role. I, I welcome it more. I, been actively giving back to the organization in Rhodes I mentioned. Plus, um, every year I go to my friend Melissa's eighth grade class and do, my, and do my presentation on on where my journey. So it's something I enjoy. And final question before I let you guys go: on a personal level, where would you like to see yourself? Let's just say in the next few years, in terms of the industry, where would you like to see the industry as well? I'll start off with Jeanette with this one. Oh gosh, I've <laughs> tough question. That's a tough question, but a great question. Again, another fabulous question. And I will say, Danny and Karen are definitely role models. So um, they definitely are. Um, where do I see myself in a couple of years? Is that the question? Um, okay. So before I'm 40, in five years, I will like to either be producing or hosting some kind of show that's educational and aspirational. Um, it's my, the little, the dream of my little girl dream of mine. Um, but another thing I like to do is I've always wanted, you know, find more ways to give back. So, um, Something that I would love to do at my alma mater, Belmont University, is to create a study abroad scholarship with them um, and to give students, you know, something that's for me the most important in education and travel. So for me, I would really love to advocate for more students to do study abroad. Um, and, uh, let's see what else I'd love to have a family get married one day. I mean, how much more, <laughs> much personal, um, but on an industry level, um, for travel, tourism, et cetera, I would just like this to be like the norm where, you know, we're not constantly having to, you know, knock on doors and, you know, ask to be included where it's just kind of the norm where, you know, you see diversity on all fronts and you see from, like Danny was saying, from C-suites to the boards, to um, travel companies, to media, to every, every sector where it's just more women, more LGBTQT, more, you know, uh, diversity in, in everything um, where it's not like, you know, it's just the norm. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's our new norm. So um, yeah, I hope we get there. And I hope that, um, I don't know, I'm a huge advocate for um, STEM and space. I think in another lifetime, I'd be an astronaut or a pilot. So I might go back to some flight lessons. Um, these Latina pilots really inspired me as well. So you never know, maybe I'll go, you know, for my private pilot license. And Karen, what about yourself? Where do you, what sort of aspirations and achievement do you want to achieve in the next few years? I'm actually extremely happy 
for myself exactly where I am. I think I need, I am exactly where I need to be for the next five years or so. What I want to see is the people around me more represented. I want to see more businesses from underrepresented uh, uh, groups. I want to see more visitors from underrepresented groups. I want to see more tourism product directed towards underrepresented groups. So I want the environment around me to elevate and to address a lot of the diversity needs. As far as myself, I'm going to tell you, I am very happy where I'm at because I am in a position where I can help. And that that's an important position for me. That's always important as well if you're happy with where you are then you've I guess you've achieved what you set out to achieve and it's just make maintenance isn't it and how you can help others well succeed really and Danny what about yourself in terms of your future aspirations and goals and aspirations well um yeah I mean much like Karen I, I I'm enjoying this ride I'm enjoying the just I'm hum- incredibly humbled actually to, to be invited to speak to things and speak with individuals who are looking for guidance here. Um, and I think that most of the invitations and most of the interest is coming from a good place. I am a marketer. I have clients. I work for an agency that does active marketing and we have conversations about how to apply this, these things. There is a lot of work to be done. Um, there is a general still discomfort with some of these topics, some of these realities and some of these ways to mobilize this work. Um, There are still many situations in which I give a presentation and there is absolutely no questions from the audience and it's tense and it's nervous and the audience is homogenous. There's still many conferences I go to even recently where it's again, I counted on a couple of hands that the leadership who is of color Um, quickly, the industry is moving forward towards recovery from the pandemic. Focus on the bottom line, focusing on opening borders, focusing on workforce issues, which also have a lot to do with this topic. And I fear that um, that this will lose um, priority, not significance or importance, but priority within the clients that we work with and not to mention specifically MMGY, I'm just saying the industry. So my, my, um, my, my goal and aspiration is to keep the, uh, the foot on the gas pedal. Uh, consistently and to continue to, to, to advocate for this work. Cause I think it's going to be, not only is it important for diversity, equity, and inclusion, but if you are a marketer and if you're looking at the trends happening in this country and you're not reacting to them, then you're an irresponsible marketer because you're, you're, you're a traditional market. You're what somebody called recently. We're interested in the more of a mainstream audience that's changing. Awesome guys. Just before I let you guys go, I just want to, clear something so in 1968 lyndon lyndon johnson first started the hispanic celebration it was a week long ronald reagan in 1988 made it into a month so i just want to make sure i got that clear so when i said 1988 that's what i meant wow reagan i'm impressed okay (laughs) it's been amazing having you guys on this chat i've learned a lot i hope you have enjoy talking to me as well enjoy talk <laughs> listen to one another as well and yeah final words for you guys so karen final words i guess i will go back to my idol harriet tubman i absolutely adore that woman and everything she accomplished and everything she stood for and the fact that her legacy is still so strong
Young. Uh, and I think she represents all the uh, underrepresented communities. So that's who that that that's who elevates my message. So that's that. Those are my lasting words. And your final words, Danny. So activist named Dolores Huerta in the seventies when she was uh, helping Cesar Chavez through his uh, through his protest coined a term called "Si se puede." Yes, we can. And I think that's the spirit, right? We can all do it and not just for this group, but for all underrepresented travelers and for making travel a more equitable industry. And thank you for having us also for providing this platform of conversation and, uh, you know, just, just focus on the topic. I hope that, that we can do a lot more, more of these, you know, with different groups from different backgrounds. And final words to you, Jeanette. Oh my goodness. Um, Final words, um, just, you know, keep believing in yourself. This goes to everyone as an individual and whatever it is that you want to do. Um, even if you don't see it, you can be it. So like Gandhi, I think Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. So that speaks for you too, chefs. Be, be the, you know, be the one if you don't see it, you know, um, you're doing great work too. So thank you, chefs and Karen and Danny for just having this time to uh, connect. And I, I'm really grateful and I admire all of you. Um, so thank you. Thanks to all three of you and thanks to Travel Unity for giving me this opportunity to speak to you in this room. So thank you very much and I'll speak to you guys very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.